I don't know about you, but I, I want to change the world. And that's what our uh, series, Revolution's about, allowing God to, to use us to change the world. I remember when I was in college, I was at Lincoln Christian College, and uh, I was taking a class on pneumatology, which is basically the study of the Holy Spirit. And our professor was trying to help me understand how the Holy Spirit worked. And so in class, he asked us, he said, we're going to learn how the Holy Spirit works. And so what he challenged us to do was to think of someone, think of someone in our lives that was struggling, someone that desperately needed God in their life. And then he asked us to write down their name. And then he said, now what I want you to do is pray a very simple prayer. He said, and that prayer is, God, use me to reach them. God, use me to reach them. And he said, I want you to watch how the Holy Spirit works. And he said, by the end of the semester, that we would have, we were to watch and track with that, and then we would write our final paper. And so, that evening, I, I did something that I had never done in, in my life before, and that was I got down on my knees, and I asked God to use me. I asked God specifically to use me to reach a guy by the name of Donnie that was a co-worker of mine. Now, Donnie had a lot of problems. Uh, he got kicked around most of his life. Uh, he was thrown out of his house when he was 14. And he spent most of his weekends and time, time off, in fact, sometimes he'd show up to work, and he was drunk or high, just to cut to the chase. And so I prayed that God would somehow use me to talk to Donnie about Jesus Christ. Now, those of you that know me know I'm, I'm very analytic about things, and so I decided that I absolutely would not initiate the God conversation with him, that I would sit back and allow the Holy Spirit to open that up, and then I would respond and reach out. But Donnie and I talked all the time. I considered him a friend, and so it was basically, okay, Holy Spirit, if you're real, then I want you to open his heart and get him to initiate a conversation that allows me to, to talk about God. And so... You know, the bottom line is I wanted to know it was the Holy Spirit. So I headed to work that night. I worked midnights at Kroger. And um, so that night, all evening, every time I'd see Donnie somewhere, I would think about that prayer that I'd prayed. And I was kind of anxious. It was like, okay, I want to see the Holy Spirit work. I want to see the Holy Spirit work here. And all evening, nothing. Can you believe that? So we're waiting around the time clock to clock out the next morning. And we're just killing time, you know. And I'll be honest, back in those days, we probably arrived at that time clock a half hour ahead of time and waited. <laughs> and so we were getting ready to clock out, and I clocked out, and I'm thinking, well, there we go, Holy Spirit. And I start walking to the car, and then I hear Donnie behind me. He goes, hey! can I ask you something? I said, sure. He goes, I noticed something different about you. He said, you, you seem happy all the time. You seem like you got a lot of peace in, in your life. 
And he says, you have something I don't. And I want to know what the secret is. Hmm. You want to go to breakfast? I bought him breakfast and then held him captive for about two hours. I, did, I didn't hold him captive. We just got talking. And by the end of breakfast, Donnie said, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Now, friends, I, I have to tell you, you know, you have those moments in your life. God ambushed me that day. God got a hold of my heart. God marked me by this Holy Spirit-driven opportunity in my life. And to be honest, what started as a class project changed my life totally. Now, that's a lazy boy. And uh, it is kind of the icon uh, of comfort, I I think. How many of you got one of these? Yeah, all the guys. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah. Man, there, there, there is something about this. I mean, I like to be comfortable, and, and so do you. And we live in a day, I think, especially in the U.S., that comfort is king. We have this kind of spa-like mentality. We're creatures of comfort. And so we want to be comfortable. I mean, I want comfortable clothes. I want a comfortable car. I want a comfortable career. We want to be financially comfortable in our lives. In fact, it's all about comfort. And whoever designed these babies, I mean, they knew what they were doing. I mean, you you can relax. You can sit back, kind of chill out. Ah, you could go to sleep in this, couldn't you? Some of you do. Some of you, that was your plans today, and then you remember we got a picnic. You can watch the game. You don't even have to get up. Do you know some of these? I, I saw in the store the other day, they have built-in TV trays and refrigerators. <laughs> They've got a little mini refridge, so you can put your sodas or whatever... <laughs> sandwich. You don't even have to get up anymore. It's great. You can get a massage. You know, they got built in. And the bottom line is this chair is, it's about comfort. We tend to live in a world that is very uncomfortable. I mean, we're at war right now. Terrorism makes life uncomfortable. Fluctuating markets make life uncomfortable, buyouts, downsizing, changing technology can make your life uncomfortable, instability, anxiety, stress. That'll make you uncomfortable. I need comfort in my life. I I need a a lazy boy in, in my life. And friends, I don't think that Jesus had in mind this. When he said things like this to believers, he said, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. That doesn't sound very comforting to me. Does it to you? I mean, I don't think Jesus was thinking comfort when he said, go and make disciples of all nations. 
I mean, it's just my read on Scripture, but I, I don't think this is what he had in mind. In fact, I think Jesus was saying, you know what? We're going to get uncomfortable. Now, I'm talking to believers here. I know there are some of you kind of checking the faith out, trying to figure out how God fits in. I'm, this isn't directed at you, but if you're, you've taken that step and made Jesus Christ Lord of your life and said, you know what, God, I surrender. I believe we're to get uncomfortable. Now, just me saying that, some of you got really uncomfortable, right? Where's he going with this? I don't like this. You know, I want this church to be a place where it's comfortable for people coming through our doors. But I want us to be comfortable with being uncomfortable in our faith. You know, God got uncomfortable for us. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this world, and he lived an extremely uncomfortable life. He died an extremely uncomfortable death. And Jesus won that victory, ultimately, that victory over sin. And he he conquered death. And because God got uncomfortable, we're able to have eternal life. And I believe every one of us, we are facing eternity. And the question is, where are are we going to spend it? Because the reality is you will spend more time in eternity than you will in this world and on this planet. And so you get to choose eternal comfort or eternal discomfort. Again, Jesus got uncomfortable. Jesus told a lot of stories that were uncomfortable. He did uncomfortable things so that we could experience comfort in our lives. I want Faith Fellowship to be a place where people are comfortable. But again, if you are a believer, I believe we're to get uncomfortable for the cause, uncomfortable for Jesus Christ. You know, again, if you're just checking it out, you've never taken that step of faith and made Jesus Christ your Savior, what I want is for you to be comfortable when you come here. No hassles. We're not going to press you or anything. I want you to be challenged, but comfortable. Faith Fellowship's committed to creating environments that are comfortable for people to, to take steps in their faith. Now, something that makes me uncomfortable is There's research out there that says the longer someone walks with God, the longer someone's a Christian, the less contact they have with people that are far away from God. In other words, the longer you're a believer, the less connectivity you have with people who aren't believers. Does that make sense? And that makes me uncomfortable because that's exactly the opposite of what God's called us to do in our lives. We are called to get uncomfortable. You know, one, one day Jesus called some disciples. There were four of them there that day. He called Peter and Andrew, James and John. These guys are out fishing. And he says to them, Guys, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, my guess is those guys, they're fishing, doing their thing, and Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you. And they probably started filling in the blank. You'll make me a better person. you make me a better husband. you make me a better father. You'll make me better at making money. Jesus says, guys, follow me. I'm going to 
make you into something that you're not. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And I think these guys had no clue what Jesus meant. No idea. See, followers fish in their lives. And Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to teach you how to do that. Now, I first gave my life to Jesus Christ at camp. I was at Lake Springfield Christian Assembly. And I was in sixth grade. And I remember hearing about God and what he wanted to do in our lives. And finally at chapel one evening, I just went forward. Now, I understood that God loved me. And I understood, and I think this really was my motivation then, was I didn't want to go to hell. People become believers for different reasons in their lives. Some of you took that step because your life was a mess. And you were looking for, for a better way to live. Some of you may be struggling with substance abuse and you needed God to help you navigate. Some of you, the reason why you, you took that step was, you know, your marriage w- was fried or your, your kids were spinning out of control and so you took that step. Some of you, it was dealing with the stress and anxiety of life. Some of you, it was a service like you're in today. And you heard a song or heard a message and the Holy Spirit just spoke to you and you took that step. And what I want to say is it doesn't really matter why you took the step. The fact that you gave your life to Christ, that's great. That's what it's all about. So how we take that step doesn't really matter. But I don't think, as I think back on my walk, I didn't understand what it meant to become a Christian when I became a Christian. See, I didn't understand as a kid that Jesus had plans of turning me into a fisherman. In other words, followers fish. And God says, that's what I'm going to do with you. It's kind of like marriage. You know, Cindy and I have been married. We're going on 21 years now. She's put up with me 21 years. Amazing. And... (laughs) Okay, we didn't have to applaud. I mean, seriously. (laughs) But I didn't understand the implications of what it meant to be married. I mean, I understood some things, but I, I didn't understand the full implications of it. You know, I'm still realizing what some of those implications are. You know, when you walk down the aisle and you say, I do, you just don't fully grasp it or understand it. The same is true in your relationship with Jesus Christ. The fact is, God wants to change you. And for us to be effective, we've got to get uncomfortable. And I know this sounds a little bit strange, doesn't it? I mean, you know, this whole thing of getting uncomfortable. But you show me someone that's mature in their faith, I'll show you someone that gets uncomfortable. You know, and this task is so vitally important that God said, you know what, I'm going to give you supernatural power to, to accomplish it in your life. Acts 1.8. Do, do you guys remember the show uh, Good Times? How many of you? I'm dating myself big time. Remember J.J. Walker? Dynamite! You know, I love, I love that. And basically God says, you will receive power in the book of Acts. And that power, the word power in the Greek comes from dynamos. It's where we get dynamite at. God says, when when the Holy Spirit comes on you 
And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, the River Bend area, St. Louis area, whatever. I mean, what's a witness? You know, when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ, I, I didn't know a lot. I'll be honest with you. I just didn't. I, I, I can remember sitting with Donnie at that table, and he asked all kinds of questions I couldn't answer. He go, well, how do you know this? And how do you know this? And I didn't have answers. I couldn't answer. In fact, I'll be honest, I couldn't answer a lot of his questions. But you know what I did have? I could tell him what God had done in my life. I could share what had happened to me. That I got. I was able to say, you know what? Here's my life before God. Here's my life after giving my life to Jesus Christ. And because I told Donnie that, the Holy Spirit worked. See, it wasn't me that really did the convincing, because I did a poor job, I'll be honest. But it was the Holy Spirit working in me, that Holy Spirit with power, dynamite, you know. God was working, and God calls us in our lives to do this. You know, too many Christians, I think, go through life, and they've got this same old rituals in their life, same old routine, day after day, week after week, year after year, and it just kind of takes us into this coma. And the fact is, we need to get uncomfortable. We need to get uncomfortable. We, we need to, to live lives that aren't so predictable. You know, I'm talking about getting uncomfortable for the cause, turning the, the mundane things in life into opportunities that can be miraculous you know an opportunity to change someone's life you know to dialogue and connect with people to serve people to to pray for people to alter their eternity to mark eternity when you're like shopping at macy's or maybe getting an espresso at St. Louis Bread Company. Or maybe you're just getting bread and milk at Schnucks or Schweggles, you know, at the car wash, where, wherever. To allow God to use you, allow God to help you see people as the Holy Spirit sees them. You see, no longer is it just a person. It changes everything. To it, Allow God to use you to engage people in a conversation. You know, where you find yourself regularly asking, are they a Christ follower or not? Now, as I say that, some of you are going, whoa, wait a minute now. I work at Macy's and you just put a target on my back. You just told people, what they should do is kind of get in my face and, and be like, turn or burn, buddy, you know. No, that's, that's, that's poor evangelism. It's not even evangelism. I don't know what that is. Based on Scripture, it's about love. It's about love. And once you've been ambushed by God's love, it changes everything. You don't see the world the same. You can't contain it. It spills over even on the cashier at the store, even on that person that you see on a regular basis that, that pours your coffee. You no, longer, no longer do you see just a person. You see a person that God created, that God loves. 
And I know as I say that, some of you are you're thinking about someone you know fairly well, you see regularly, maybe live next door to you, and you go, yeah, but, but you know what, Pastor? You don't know how immoral they are. You don't know how they treat their kids. You don't know what they do. You don't understand how messed up they are. Oh, I think we all are messed up. We're all marred. And the fact is, God has placed you. God has placed me in that situation for a reason. God's called us to get uncomfortable so that we can change eternity. And friends, it's kind of mind-blowing when you realize how God's going to use you. I mean, all of a sudden, every client you look at a little bit different. Every business transaction that, that you take, every time you talk to someone in the locker room after working out, you know, every opportunity, every moment, every day, it changes. I mean, you have that, that ability to, to kind of go Matthew 13 on people. You know, the, I'll give you kind of the cliff notes of this verse. I'd encourage you to read it later. But Jesus gives us all these word pictures, and he's really good at it. And I've noticed just a a casual reading of Scripture, about 70% of what Jesus said had to do with application in the Christian faith, and about 30% was about information. In other words, Jesus is usually application-based in his teaching. One day, he's with some of his disciples. He's going to teach. He's looking around. He wants a, a, a visual picture for people to look at. He goes, hey, see that guy over there? Yeah, the one sowing seed out there. Do you see him? Some of the seed that he's throwing is going to fall on the sidewalk. And it's, do you see the birds over there? Some of the seed he throws, those birds are going to eat it. And see the thorny soil over there where all the weeds are? Some of the seed's going to end up there and it's going to get choked out by the weeds. And some of it's going to fall on the fertile soil, you know, the fairway. I don't know if they had golf courses then, but who knows. And where the soil is ready, where it's receptive, as he throws the seed, it's going to grow. It's going to take root. It's going to produce. And you know what? Jesus said that's what we're supposed to do. That's why you are where you are today. That's why you have the people around you. That's why you're on that block. That's why you're in that complex. That's why you're in that store, in that boardroom, in that classroom, on the court. You know, that's why you're in the cubicle next door. You're there for a reason. You know what that is? Scatter seed. Scatter seed. Not be obnoxious. Not be weird, freaky in their face. But to just scatter seed. Some of you do an unbelievable job in this church of getting uncomfortable for your faith. You, you do not see the barriers. You merely see opportunities. And that, that's why we're reaching people for Christ. That's why this church is growing. That's why we're moving forward as a church. Because you fish. You understand that followers fish. You understand that you've got to get uncomfortable for the cause. But I'll tell you what, the evil one... The evil one's smart. He's really sharp. And what he wants to do is get you involved in a lot of good things. You notice I didn't say bad things. 
good things. Because he knows if he can get you involved in a lot of good things, you miss the very best God has for your life. This is just my observation. And that is, when people are new in their faith, they've become a Christian and they're very early in it, they're really excited about what God's doing and the possibilities. I've noticed that when someone rolls through our door that maybe they've had kind of an experience in church that, that was kind of stale or they bailed out or whatever, and they start coming here, they get excited about their faith. And it lasts for a little while, a couple months. Sometimes you'll find someone, they're pretty jazzed up for a year, 18 months, something like that. But what happens after a while? I mean, they're out there sowing seed initially. They're, they're making a difference. And then they get sucked into a Christian subculture that exists. And they go, lazy boy. Wow. This feels good. Whew. Man, being a Christian, I mean, this is so comfortable. That stuff out there, oh, man, that's, that's uncomfortable. I just need to be comfortable. You know, I, I just need to separate from, from the world. You know, and I just need to be around Christians. You know, Christians, everything Christian. You know, Christian music, Christian friends. Everything I do socially, it'll be Christian-oriented. My car needs worked on. I'm calling a Christian mechanic. That's what I'm doing. You know why? Because I'm a Christian. And I like being comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Some of my family, they don't have a relationship with you. They're, they're looking at eternity and hell, but, you know, I'm comfortable. Yeah, I, I know the guys that I, I used to play golf with. I mean, I know one of them's really in a jam right now and in trouble, and several of them don't know you, but, but I, you know, I don't play golf with them anymore because, I mean, they're way out there. They make me uncomfortable. I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to stay right here where it's just so comfortable. And friends, I'll tell you what. The evil one loves for us to get comfortable. The evil one loves for you to get so comfortable. See, what he's hoping is that at some point you, he expects that your faith will become about you and that you'll go to sleep in that recliner. Shh. I mean, if we wake them up, they get, they're comfortable right now. And if, if you wake them up, I mean, they might get up and start sowing seeds. You know, they, they might see people that Jesus Christ died for. They, they might see that client at work as someone that's far away from God. You know, they, they, they might even get crazy and start, like, praying that God would use them to make a difference in someone's life. They might invite them to that nutty church, faith fellowship. Don't wake them up. 
Because they might help people step over the line. Friends, if you don't watch it, this thing sucks you up and takes you in. And pretty soon, you're like comatose. Not any good to anybody. But man, are you comfortable. Just doing good things with other Christians. Hear this. Followers, followers, fish. Not an option. And I know too too many believers kind of have this idea. And it's like, you know, sharing my faith and, you know, praying high-risk prayers that, that God would use me. You know, that's just not me. And Christians, we're really sly. Let's just face it. We, we start bargaining with God. You know, we bargain with God, and it's kind of like, tell you what, God, here's what I want to do. I'm not going to share my faith. I'm not going to pray that high-risk prayer. I'm not ever going to invite anybody to church. But, catch this, you'll love this, God. What I'm going to do is I'm going to become Mr. Bible Knowledge Man. Mrs. Bible Knowledge, that's me. And we embed ourselves in this chair, and we immerse ourselves in Scripture. And I'll say it again. The Bible was not written for information. It was written for transformation in people's lives. Don't get me wrong. It is great to be in a Bible study. You ought to be in a Bible study. But the Bible should motivate you to get out of this chair and get uncomfortable for your faith and get in the game and make a difference in people's eternity. Other people say, well, I, yeah, I'm not Mr. Bible Man. No, then, then we do, well, I'll tell you what, God, I'm, I'm going to become missions man, missions woman. That's me. I, I'm not going to share my faith, and I'm not going to pray a prayer that God would use me. But I'll tell you what, if they get a mission trip going to Mexico, buddy, I am all over that. I am going to go, and man, you won't be able to stop me. I'll tell you what, God. I mean, Ben's, we're bargaining. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to volunteer, okay? I mean, you ought to be happy. I'm going to volunteer. I'm not going to share my faith. I'm not going to fish, but I will volunteer. I am all over volunteerism. Man, write, write me down. Put me on the team. In fact, I'm joining every team in this church. I'm going to do it all. If you call yourself a Christian, don't mishear me here. Go on mission trips. I think, I think they're great. Serve. You hear me regularly say, you, you should serve. This isn't about you. You know, get in a group. It's important to, to study the, God's word and to spend time with fellow believers. But do not, do not miss for a moment the main thing, and that's connecting other people. To Jesus Christ. That's what we're to be about. That's why this church exists. You know, Second Timothy, it says, we're to do the work of an evangelist. You go, well, I thought, I thought that's what like, people like Billy Graham do. 
No, it's what the church does. It's what Christians do. You know, we just, we connect with people. To be honest, pastors, we have the most difficulty trying to connect because we're weird. And if we're not weird, they perceive that we're weird. We make bad evangelists sometimes. But the people in our lives, and you got to understand, it is work. It is work to sow seed. It is work to not allow that subculture, that lazy boy, to suck you in and get you really comfortable. And you ought to know it's work to get uncomfortable for the cause. But when you do, it'll mess you up in a good way. You know, I want to talk about several things we can do, and I'm going to blast through these, but uh, kind of like a little bit of homework for you here. And the first thing is realize that you are strategically placed. In other words, you have been put where you are for a reason. God created you, put you in them circumstances, and the God that created this universe understood that by putting you there with your personality, with your talent, with your abilities that you could just sow some seed in someone's life. That's what God had in mind. I mean, it might be an act of kindness. It might be a word of encouragement. It might be inviting someone to to church. It might be sharing your story, but God's placed you there. Make no mistake about it. God put you there for a reason. The other thing that we need to do is pray those high-risk prayers. And they are high-risk. I mean, they are dynamite. They are full of octane. Colossians 4, 2 and 3 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us. Paul's saying, you know what? Pray for us too, that God may open the doors for our message so that we may proclaim the mysteries of Christ. You know, if you pray that prayer, God, use me. If you pray that through this series, I believe all heaven can break loose in your life. You'll never walk the same. It will mess you up like it messed me up years ago. Just simply saying to God, you know what, God? Open a window of opportunity and I'll step up. I'll get uncomfortable. I'm willing to be used by you, God, however you see fit. You know, I've been, been to seminary studied Hebrew and Greek. I read through the Bible. I've read through it numerous times. And I'll be just honest with you. The thing that has caused me to grow the most in my faith over the years is getting uncomfortable for my faith, sharing my faith, fishing, you know, praying a a Colossians 4 prayer that says, you know what, God, use me to change somebody's eternity. Use me to make a difference in someone else's life. And what happens is the mundane becomes miraculous. No longer am I just going to a grocery store. You know, all of a sudden, it becomes an important thing that I do. It's not just grabbing bread and milk. It's getting to know people that matter to God. God, use me. Use me to reach them. Now, don't hear that as a project. That's messed up. It's about love. It's about caring. It's about really genuinely loving people whether they change or not, whether they ever step across the line or not. But you won't believe what God can do through you. 
So many people are one question away, one conversation away from giving their life to Jesus Christ, becoming a a follower of Jesus Christ in their life. And you ought to let faith fellowship assist you. I've talked about this many times. Leverage this church. We, we spend a lot of energy around here trying to create environments that are, that are comfortable, that you can invite someone that's never been to church before, and they would come through the doors and go, you know, it's pretty comfortable. This is a sad commentary. Faith Fellowship is the, is the first church I've ever been a part of that I felt completely confident, absolutely confident, that I can invite anyone that hasn't stepped across the line yet and that it would be okay, that they would find a way to connect, that they would understand, that they would be comfortable, that they could experience God's love. I think I've shared this before, but Donnie, Donnie bowed a knee to Jesus Christ. He goes, now what? And I said, go to church with me, man. He's like, okay. Next morning, we head to church. I knew the moment I walked through the door that I was in trouble. I realized it was a lazy boy church. In other words, it was a comfortable, really comfortable place if you were already a believer, if you had already signed up. That was the first time I sat at church and I saw the church through somebody else's eyes. I mean, it started out bad from the get-go. We show up, everybody's got suits and ties on. Donnie, Donnie didn't even own one, I'm sure. And then, and then I started looking at the surroundings of the church, the stuff that we did on Sunday morning. And it was kind of dinosaurish, you know? Seriously. I mean, the music w- was archaic. Donnie, Donnie liked Queen. And the terminology we used, I mean, it was Christianese or something. Because I, I spent part of the service, he, he'd lean over and go, what did they say? What's that mean? You know, I'm, I felt like a translator. You know, it, he just didn't fit. And what I realized was I had brought Donnie to a Christian country club. Lazy boy. I'll be honest, every time I kind of wrestle with this in my mind, I look back on that situation, I just think, how pathetic, how pathetic. Life didn't turn out good for, for Donnie. I mean, how how far away that is from an Acts 2 church that we're called to be. You know, I realized it was a church littered with lazy boys. And what was going on was Christians were really, really comfortable. But Donnie, really, really, really uncomfortable. 
And friends, that experience, it rocked me. It changed me. It undone who I, who I was. That day, I mean, I, I made a pledge then and there. And I, I just thought, you know what? God, if you can find a way to use me, if I ever get in a situation where you can use me, that I can make a difference in, in the church, I will do whatever it takes to make sure I don't care if Christians are comfortable or not. Because we're already convinced. We ought to be able to get uncomfortable. But I would do whatever I could to create a compelling, a a creative, a a biblically-based message that we would do whatever we could to create an environment that the world could look at and go, you know what? I understand it. I get it. You know, deep in our DNA... I mean, for Faith Fellowship, we have a conviction that introducing people that are spiritually unconnected to God is high priority. Helping people grow in their faith to become fully devoted, full court followers of Jesus Christ is vital. In fact, I believe those two things are the highest calling on this planet, are the greatest things we'll ever do. They're the only things that we're going to take into eternity. It's that value that says, you know what, people matter to God so much. Now, I understand a lot of churches don't get a church like Faith Fellowship. You know, sometimes we'll have someone visit that they're very active in their home church and uh, they're part of another church here or there. And I can tell they're puzzled sometimes. You know, they don't understand how and why we do ministry like we do. And they'll say things like, I don't understand why you guys use drama. And, wow, that crazy music that you sing, I don't get it. And, you know, why do you use video and technology? You know, why do you use humor? You know, why, 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 why? And, friends, if anyone ever says that to you, here's how you respond. I mean, this is how I always respond. I just tell them, you know what? This is deep in the soul of faith fellowship, that we are mature enough to understand it's not about us, it's not about getting comfortable in a chair, it's about taking risks to reach people for Jesus Christ, to reach people who are far from God, and whatever it takes, and I'll be honest with you, this is sad commentary, but people that are far away from God, they are suspicious of organized religion. They got burned somewhere along the line. They, you know, hyper-critical uh, Christians have, have put a barrier up, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to reach them. In other words, it's not business as usual. We take it up a notch. We get uncomfortable. You know, my mom and dad were here a couple weeks ago, and um, I, I grew up in the church. Mom made sure we were at church all the time, and uh, we grew up singing hymns. I love hymns. But I'll tell you, I'm pretty sure that my parents didn't know most of the music that we sang. I'm also very sure that probably our volume level, probably probably not uh, their personal taste, I would imagine. But I saw my mom last week, and um, she was talking about how much she just loves what we're doing. 
And she kind of pressed on me and pushed on me a little bit and just said, you know what? Keep taking risks. Keep doing it. Keep, keep reaching out. Do whatever it takes because there are too many churches that are playing it safe. You know, leverage faith fellowship. You know, we can do this together. We can change our community. We can change this state. We can change this country. And ultimately, we can change the world if we're willing to get uncomfortable. You know, I, I, I always wonder, it's like, had there been a church like Faith Fellowship, church where people were willing to get uncomfortable, church that was willing to make it comfortable for that person that had never been, a, a church that was willing to get in the game, I, I wonder what would have happened to Donnie. I mean, that one just gets me. See, I believe the church got to get in the game. We've got to make a difference in, in, in people's lives. And we've got to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Now I'm going to get really practical here. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the sticky notes up everywhere. Anybody notice those? <laughs> yeah, the compulsive ones are like, this place needs cleaned up. They need to get these things down. What, are, what, what is the school doing? I watched it. The little kids were grabbing them and moving them, and parents are going, put that back. Don't, don't do that. Here, here's what I w- want you to do. And, and I'm going to forewarn you. This little piece of paper could change your life as you know it. And, and what I want you to do is to think about someone, somebody that's in your life, that needs God. Someone that maybe, maybe they box God out. Maybe they're spinning out in their life. Maybe they're tripped up. You know, maybe they gave up on church for whatever reason. You know, and they go, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I just don't go to church anywhere. And here, here, here's what I'm absolutely sure has taken place this morning. As I've been talking, for some of you, See, the Holy Spirit begins pushing. And for some of you, faces kept popping up, names. You're like, man, they, they, they really need God. And I know the Holy Spirit put them on your heart. That's what I know. And so this, is, this changed my life, and I know it's that thing, well, it did you, but I'm different. I believe we're all, we're all the same on this one. And that is, I would challenge you to write the initials, okay? Hear me. The initials. The initials. No names. Initials. Say that with me. Initials. <laughs> write the initials down of that person. And this is going to be out in the lobby uh, following the service. And I challenge you, again, just initials. As you're leaving to just stick that up on that window. And by doing that, what you're saying is, you know what, God, I'm going to get out of the lazy boy. I'm willing to fish. I'm willing to invite. I'm willing to pray that high-risk prayer and just say, God, use me to reach them. 
Now, this isn't saying you don't, can't bring yourself to do it. Don't do it and say, well, I've got to do it because everybody else is doing it. But if you'd be willing to do that, then what I want to say to you is yay. I also want to say to you, be prepared because God will use you if you pray that prayer. God, use me to reach them. And you also need to know that prayer will mess you up. And you'll be messed up just like I'm messed up. And it's a good thing. Let's bow in a word of prayer. If I had to get a couple strong guys up here to uh, grab this, uh, some burly guys, not girly guys, burly guys. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we praise you. God, we thank you. You have created fearfully and wonderfully. And God, I pray that um, I know as we've been here this morning that there are people's faces. People that mean something to us. People that for some reason you've just drawn our heart toward. And God, I don't know the individuals. I don't know the situations. But what I know, God, is that you can use us. God, I pray that those that would be willing to pray that prayer that... Um, You just supernaturally show them just how you work. God, I remember very clearly that day. And I pray that every single person here to have that same experience. God, give an opportunity that will change who they are. God, we want to change our world. We want to touch people's lives. Use us however you see fit. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.